0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. I do have notes for you starting a brand new series called Living Your Best Life. Except, what's that all about? I'll define it here in a minute. Luke chapter 8. Find verse 22, very familiar passage. Thank you, Minister Michael. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, What did he do? He said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water, and they were in jeopardy. Verse 24, And they came to him, awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've done, what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So I've been hearing this phrase, um, and you might have seen it on Instagram, uh, I'm living my best life. Raise your hand if you ever heard that. It's 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 something that's being used by influencers on social media. You know, live your best your best life, and it's expressed uh, by a well-made avocado toast for breakfast, that kind of thing. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a couple definitions. Um, let me give you a couple definitions. First of all, it was coined by Oprah, who started their own religion, so I don't want to put too much, talk, uh, no much, so, too much stock in that, but it is, it's a pop culture phrase, and I, I, I like a certain aspect of it if it's, if it's seen through a Christian lens, because God has a best life for you, and he wants you to live it. Come on, somebody say amen. And then many people, many people don't, uh, and if, if my sound guy, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's driving me. I'll almost not use a mic. You're awesome, but can you work on it for me? You just do such a great job. I appreciate you. Can you keep doing a great job back there? Amen. So let me me read this definition. It means to live up to my potential. Living up to my potential means doing the things I hope to do someday, but doing them today instead of someday. Instead of putting them off for some magical time in the future. Living my best life also means living a balanced life, says one person. I do kind of like the another definition of a rather uh, uh, what would be the word? Well, they seem to look down on everything, but it says it's a stupid phrase used commonly on Instagram that people have the false reality they can wake up and choo- change their life, but the truth is that's not true. You can change your life, but it's used commonly by people to encourage themselves to choose a better life, so I'm going to start a series, and I'm going to give you some uh, some messages. I have no idea how many on how to live your best life. I want you to say this. I'm going to live my best life. All right, so this this text is uh, very familiar. And I don't know if you've ever been through anything that's overwhelmed you, uh, but I have. You can go through things in life that overwhelm you, that try to overwhelm you. And certainly in this text, the disciples are heading over to the other side and they run into a storm, or a storm, rather, runs into them. Wind, waves, and, and so much so that fishermen are say they're going to perish. Now, if you're with a fisherman, you're with a, a, someone who's you know, a waterman and they say, we're in trouble. How many of you know you're in trouble? So these are lifetime fishermen that are concerned about the wind and the waves are concerned about the fact that they're going to drown. Boats filling with water. It's told in all of the Gospels. You can go and read it. Uh, All the synoptic Gospels record this event. And it's uh, kind of amazing. And the incident gives us some insight, basically, on how we should view storms, trouble, difficulty, pain, obstacles. So look at the text here. Jesus has been teaching and preaching and bringing the kingdom. And they're in a boat. They're headed over the other side, which in, in verse 22, one day Jesus says to his disciples, let us go to the other side of the lake, so they got in the boat. So let me ask you this question. It's very, very important that you note this. Whose idea is it to go to the other side? Okay, it's not the disciples' idea. They're just obeying. So it's God's idea go to the other side. Come on, somebody say, God said go to the other side. Okay, so that's really important. So they're on the way. Wind and wave whips up. Again, it's told in all the synoptic Gospels. And the incident confronts the disciples and really it confronts us. You say, in what way? It confronts us as to who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? See, he's not just a teacher. He's He's not just a prophet. He's he's not just a rabbi. He's the son of God. Because it's not a rabbi. It's not a teacher. It's not just a a prophet that could stop the water. It's it's God who speaks to the wind, who speaks to the waves, and causes this impending doom to cease. he's, he's He's not just a nice teacher. He's God. Fully God, fully man. And... You need to come to that understanding. And when you read texts like this, that's what that does. It, it awakes us to the fact that God eternal sent his only begotten son who can stop the wind and stop the waves. Can someone say amen? amen. And so stepping into the boat that day to go to the other side was not just some carpenter. It's not just their, their leader. It was the son of God. Was God Himself, fully God, fully man. And when He performed this miracle, this act of tremendous authority, they, they were awakened to, well, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey Him? And uh, it confronts us as to the importance of faith because He says, You have little faith. You have little faith. He rebukes them, which is kind of crazy. I mean, He stops the wind and the waves. And then he rebukes the disciples like, how come you didn't do it? So how does that even apply to me? I'm going to get there. We're going to get there. You have little fame. How to respond at storms, the storms that come in your life so that you could live your best life. How to respond. You're going to have a storm. You're, you're going to go through stuff. Bump your neighbor and say, you're going to go through some things. Yeah, you're going to go through some things. There, there's a number of questions to ask. And, uh, and I've spoken about this before, another message similar, but you've got to ask yourself some questions. When you go through difficulty, you're in the midst of difficulty, ask yourself some questions, all right? And, and I've listed them right here. Am I in the storm because I'm doing my, God's will, or am, am I in the storm because I'm doing my will? Oh, snap. Are you in the midst of the difficulty right now because you're doing God's will, or are you in the midst of difficulty because you're doing your own thing? Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm going to get there, but I mean, is Jesus in your boat? You know, uh, anybody ever heard of secondhand smoke? If you get around somebody that smokes, you are also going to be a smoker. How many of you know that? Oh, he said, like, no, I'm not a smoker. Well, if you hang out with smokers, you are. He said, well, not on purpose. Well, you're hanging out with them, so you're breathing their smoke. There is the same thing that happens spiritually. And I want you to look at this with me. Turn, please, underline it, memorize it. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Some of you could just bark that out right now, but I want you to get this. Come on, you're about to, you're about to get this. You ready? 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character." All through the Scripture, you will see that you can be, you can receive an impartation. Well, the Apostle Paul says, well, don't you know that a little leaven, leaven's a whole lump, a little bit of yeast, works through the whole batch, and leaven is a picture of sin. And so he's saying, and then he says to the Corinthians, expel the immoral, immoral brother. Kick him out. If more churches would do that, I got like one amen on the front row. I'm not saying we should kick people out, but people that call themselves a brother and then live for the devil under the guise of being a Christian and continue to come to church—that can actually release leaven in a body. Come on, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Well, so how will they ever know? No, 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 no. Yoked is the key word. So you. Some of you know you, you need to bring the, the good news to everybody and everybody's welcome to come here. But as you grow in God, your life should transform. There should be a transforming power of the word. There should be a sanctification that takes place. And if you're someone who does, doesn't get sanctified, you don't give your life to Christ and you don't end up doing that. You end up living a lifestyle that's contrary to God's word, but you call yourself a brother, meaning you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a sister, but you live that way. Then you set yourself up to be removed from fellowship in a healthy church. We allow a lot of grace. We pray, yeah, amen, otherwise, Minister Barry wouldn't be here. Amen. And uh, I wouldn't be here either. Come on. (laughs) Come on, bump your neighbor and say, oh, I think he's talking about you. Go ahead, go I love this in the message version. (laughs) In the message version, Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, turn there, hurry up, take your time. Proverbs 14. This is the message version. Proverbs 14, verse seven. Escape quickly from the company of fools. They're a waste of your time, a waste of your words. Look at verse eight. The wisdom of the wise keeps life on track. The foolishness of fools lands them in a ditch. What are you saying? See, you could be in a storm because you're hanging out with people that are ditch divers. You're partnered with a a ditch diving dweller. You could be in trouble because Jonah is on your boat. And I've said that before. You need to lovingly drop, kick Jonah off your boat. Let me go look at that whole text because that's a storm that God sent. In that, Go look at that text with Jonah. He's under the deck. He's running from God. These well-meaning pagans, they're idolaters, but they're nice ones. Because, because if they weren't nice, they, they wouldn't, you know... They, they just throw Jonah over, but they don't. They try to save him, they try to fight the storm. They're 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 righteous idolaters, I guess. There's no such thing. But they they weren't wicked in that they just went, oh, let's just kill him. That's not what they did. Let's try to fight this thing. Let's try it. And he said, No, just throw me over. When they threw Jonah off the boat, a great calm comes over the sea. So some of you are in a storm. Because Jonah is on your boat. Let's have a praise break all across this place. Just say, Lord, if I have a Jonah, would you show me? You might be in a storm because you're in rebellion. He said, well, I'm in church. Well, you could be in church tonight. Shoot. You could have baptismal waters dripping off your face and still split hell wide open. Just (laughs) because, okay, that was good. That's good. I haven't said that in a little while. I, I've said that for years, but it's good. It's good. You, you can go to church. You can get baptized. You could go to church seven days a week and still not have a relationship with Jesus. You, you need to be born again. You must be born again. You know, it's such a joy to have uh, both my brothers in church tonight and uh, John, my, the oldest brother here on the front, he, he brought the gospel, I, we, I like to say it this way, he brought the gospel back to our family. Our family served God for generations and then got picked off and kind of took a rabbit trail and brought the gospel back to us. And I'm so grateful for, for my brother John. Totally forgot what I was saying, but anyway, I am grateful for you. Oh yeah, anyway. You could go to church the rest of your life, and you never make a decision for Jesus, then you're not going to heaven. I don't care what somebody might have told you, you just need to go to church and behave yourself. No, that's not that's not true. You need to be born again. You can't behave yourself enough. All right. So some of you are in a storm because you're doing your will and not God's will. But then there are some that are in storms that are doing God's will. And so that's a big question. And so if you're you're doing the will of God and you're in a storm, what about that? Well, we're going to get there. Look at your notes. Is Jesus in my boat? Is Jesus in my boat? Well, is he? Have you been born again? Are you saved? Are you walking with him? Some people like to, you know, give their lives to Christ and then do whatever they want. Either he is the Lord of all or he's not the Lord at all. My job is to equip you for the work of ministry. My job is to teach you God's word and to get you hungry for God that he would lead you and you would submit, you would yield, you would submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee and you will yield and live for him. And You will make a choice to make him the Lord of your life. That's sign language. Lord. Come on, try it. It's fun. Ready? Lord. You'd make him the Lord of your life. And then you'll you'll walk in blessing, but even then you're gonna go through stuff. So, it's not religion; it's relationship. And, well, I should say that in my own life, I've had Jesus is in my boat, but there's times where I've ripped the tiller away from him. So he's in my boat, but I'm like, no, not that way. Wait. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He leads you to go do something, and you're like, no, no. He's trying to put you straight into the wind, fill your sail, uh, but you don't want to quite do that. You want to you jibe a little bit. You want to spill the wind off a little bit, not, not fully go for it. So any sailors in the house? I know we, we have a couple. Realize that if you're in God's will, you all in your notes? You see your notes right there? Go ahead. We do that so you can preach it to somebody else. Realize realize that if you're in God's will, the storm is Satan's way of trying to stop you. Not today, Satan. Come on ahead and say it. Not today. Try it. Put your finger out and just get a little attitude. Say, not today, Satan. Try it with your other finger. Not today, Satan. (laughs) I'm not doing that. That's not cool. So think about in the context of what's happening here. The storm comes. What is, what is Jesus doing? Look, look, look what happens after. What's happening, what's happening after? Verse 26, right? So they, the wind and the waves are still. Verse 26, and they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. He stepped out of the land, and he's met by a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. He's met by the demoniac. So it's whose idea is it to go to the other side? Don't ever forget that. It's God's idea to go to the other side. So they're going on to the side, and God spoke to you to go to the other side. God spoke to you to start that business. God spoke to you to do that ministry. God spoke to you to move. He spoke to you to do those things. Then you run into obstacles and problems and storms, and some of you are like, am I in the will of God? It's a good question to ask. But many times you are in the will and in the will of God, and the enemy will put a, a whooping to try to stop you, to try to drown you, to get you to quit, to get you to turn back, to get you off track. So Jesus is really, his, he's going to the other side to set the man free. He's going to the other side to expand the territory. I'm writing now. To expand territory. If you're going to expand territory, you're going to have obstacles. You know, um, for the past week, I've the Lord's brought you to my mind and He showed me a number of things for you. And if you would just set aside some time, He's gonna make things really clear and He's gonna reveal to you again what you're to do. And as you take those steps, there's gonna be a great release of God's joy. The enemy's worked very hard to get you discouraged. I'm going to serve notice on that thing tonight. He's got you. Jesus is going to break open new territory. If you're going to go break open some new territory, if you think you're just going to whistle Dixie and walk right into the blessings of God, well, sometimes it is that way. Glory to anybody else like it when it's like that. Yes! He's just like... Woo, Jesus. La, 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 la. Yeah. But then there's other times where it's like you get moving and you get punched in the throat. You get a, a giant wave tries to capsize you and, and people leave you and friends, friends turn their back and all kinds of stuff happens and you're like, well, am I hearing from God? It's a great question to ask, but many times you are hearing from God and you're going to have obstacles. I like to say it this way. You'll have an obstacle like a Mack truck with your, front, your name on the front grill. You're going to break open new territory. There's going to be warfare. There's a stronghold of evil that Jesus goes to break in the city, the Decapolis, the ten Greek cities there. He's going to bring the kingdom, and he's going to break that open. He's going to set somebody free. He's going to set this man free, and in one of the Gospels, it's, it's two men. It's going to set them free, and he doesn't let them follow me. He says, go and, tell some, go and tell everybody. And they become evangelists. So God wants to bring you to the other side. There's going to be storms. Why? Because of the great breakthrough when you get to the other side. Can somebody say, "Whoa!" All right. The storm very well could be coming, to quote my mother, from the very pit of hell. From the pit of hell. So the forces of darkness, they don't want you to take new territory. They don't want you to win. They want you to get discouraged. They want you to quit. They want you to throw in the towel. They want you to turn your boat back. So if you're doing the will of God, don't turn back. I said don't turn back. Now, if you're not doing the, well, I'm not doing the will of God. i got all kinds of problems. Okay, well, there's another recipe for you. Repent. Repent. Take your little feet back to God. And, and get right with God. Come on. Repent and, and start obeying. Kick Jonah off lovingly. Or do it however you got to do it. Many years ago, am I actually going to tell this story? Okay. Apparently. Okay. I wasn't talking to you, but anyway. So, we were courting years ago, Pastor Karen and I, and I know she's like, Oh god, no. Should have been here. Amen. <laughs> oh, she's she's got something to do. That's very important. That's my way of getting out of trouble right there. <laughs> no, it's also true. So we're courting, and there was there was another girl that was sweet on me. You know what? That's a Southern term. Anybody ever heard that before? Okay. I think I heard that from the Haggertys. Anyway, so I didn't want to hurt her feelings. And and like, I just dealt with it as best I can. And men are frequently stupid. I'll use that word. Men frequently are clueless about stuff, you know? And there's the girl and as she turns around and flicks your hair and it hits you in the face, and you're like, oh, what a and you, and your girlfriend or your fiance in this case, like <laughs> right? <laughs> so she's like, seriously. Okay, I didn't know how to deal with that. And like I, I just couldn't, like, I couldn't figure it out. So I just totally ignored her. Like come to talk, and I just turned my back walk. It was totally rude. But I'm married today. (laughs) It wasn't the best. I repented. That wasn't the best. And so I would say, listen, sometimes you need to run. Sometimes you just, listen, try to do it in love. But how horrible it would have been if I was maybe ensnared or something happened and Oh, that never happened to you. You guys are perfect, huh? Okay, praise God. We better move on then. Run, Run, Forrest, run! Come on, bump your neighbor and tell him, run away! Let's move on. Look at C. Don't be uptight. I mean, they're freaking out. They, they are freaking out. Now, I, I, I don't know. I think I got some kind of a freak-out gene. I, no, no offense, Mom. I, I don't know where it came from. I just had a tendency. I probably cultivated it myself. Just, I'm over it now, mostly. And I learned from our senior global pastor, Dr. Morocco, the man doesn't have any emergencies. When there is an emergency, he certainly doesn't act like it. You know, there's no rush like You understand what I'm saying? He responds. And when you go through a storm, I would highly advise you to respond. Don't react. Some of you have knee-jerk reactions and you constantly put your foot in your mouth and get yourself in trouble, and God knows I'm one of them. Let's all pray for ourselves right now. Father, help us. Help us to respond and not react. What is a reactionary mind? Some of you are triggered at the, at the slightest thing you're triggered. We better move on. I'm not feeling the love. They, don't freak out. If you're going to get to the other side, if you're going to live your best life, you're going to have storms. And when it comes, don't be surprised. It's okay if Jesus is in your boat. It's not okay if Jesus isn't, because you might drown. So then you want to repent, get Jesus in your boat, to kick Jonah off. And just get things right. Storms are great. I mean, I don't like them, but I love what they do for me. I just get to take, an, I just take a look. How am I doing? Am, am I right? I told you that dream I had. The dream I was standing in the earth with all of humanity, basically. And the end was here. It was the end of time. Time on earth is over. And there is coming a time like that. And I knew I only had a minute or less. And in that minute, I just said, oh, God, Lord, just did a search. Do I have anything I need to deal with? And right after that, I saw from the east. How do you know it was the east? I had to actually somebody say that to me. How do you know it was from the east? It's a dream. It's my dream. I knew it was from the east. Are you sure? Yes. It's a dream. I knew it was from the east. Whatever. You do your dream, I'll do mine. I don't know if it's from the, you weren't in the dream. Are you saved? Amen. (laughs) So I saw this bright, I saw this bright light from the east coming. And I looked and we were gone. And uh, the rest of that dream is recorded in a series that we are in the midst of that I preach when I get the next installment. The End is the Beginning is the name of that series. So there is coming a time, there is coming a day when the end is upon us. You go through things in life, you're going to go through difficulties. Don't be reactionary. Check yourself before you. You need a checkup from the neck up. Actually, it's really a heart check. Ask God, is is there anything you need to do? Everybody say, don't be uptight. All right, rise up in faith and in Christ's power. Jesus has all power. Everybody say that. Jesus has all power. Jesus has all power. He has all power. So if you're going through a storm, and you know he, it's His idea to go to the other side, and you're in the midst of the will of God, He's in your boat. Right, we talked about the fact that if He's not in your boat, and you're doing your own thing, and you're in rebellion then you repent. That's how you don't drown or die and go to a devil's hell. Repent. Everybody say repent. Okay, but I'm focusing primarily on getting to the other side and getting through the storms of your life, living your best life. Is Jesus in your boat? Ask yourself some questions. Are you doing the will of God? Okay, yes, I am. All right, don't get uptight. In fact, we, we, we have a saying around here, and I'm, I got it from years ago. <laughs> Devil must be nervous. Devil must be nervous, Mom. Devil must be nervous. Of what? Of you getting to the other side. Well, what's gonna happen the other side? Gonna expand some territory, expand the kingdom of God, gonna fulfill the plan of God, gonna cast out devils, heal the sick, set the captives free. Come on, somebody. Come on, you're gonna get to the other. How many of you say I'm going to the other side? Come on, now, what does that mean? That means fulfilling destiny. It means living your best life. It means actually fulfilling what God called you to do. you got to fight for it. It doesn't just happen. I don't know whoever preached that. They should, like, retire. God's able to, to change circumstances. He's able to still the wind and the waves. Operate in God's authority. See, it's your faith. Now, an ETS, I I shared about this just recently. Faith is key. So you know when somebody has authority because they use it. So you can teach and preach and do a three-point Bible study about the authority of God, but if you don't use it, then you actually don't have it. And all theological revelation and theological truth is to bring you into a deeper encounter of the kingdom to bring His kingdom in your life and to everybody you know. It's not to wow somebody through your theological niceties and how the three-point sermon or the message or the the wow thing at Starbucks where you're like, oh. No, it's to walk in power to, to bring His kingdom. That's what it's about. Why? Because there's a lost generation. People are lost. People are hurting. People are broken. God's looking for someone who will be willing to go to the other side. And I'm telling you, there are storms. I don't like storms. I know I don't either, but I like getting to the other side. I don't like the war. I love winning. Winning is is not everything. It's the only thing. Come on, somebody say amen. Rebuke the storm in Jesus' name. I want you to say that.